0: Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a minute. Um, I'll be honest. When I left for Alaska, uh, I didn't think it would take this long. But you know, there's been a it's been a big transition back into regular life. It's taken me like over a month to get back to the swing of things. But we're here. I'm gonna be cranking out a bunch of podcasts for you, and I'm happy you're here with me. Appreciate you listening. This time, we're talking to my friend Jordan Wilcher. He is my buddy that lives in Nevada he is a great hunter, uh, well, he'll, he'll probably scoff when he hears that, but he's a good hunter, um, and he had a great mule deer hunt, and I wanted to talk to him about it, um, because he went out solo with a weapon that he typically doesn't use, was successful, killed a great buck, and packed it all out himself, and uh, he tells us the whole story of how he scouted for it, the hunt, everything, um, and bonus he also happens to be a human predator pack mule training client so he talks a little bit about how physically prepared he felt for the hunt which is awesome i actually wasn't even expecting him to do that but i appreciated him doing it for sure so i'm gonna shut up and here's me and jordan talking about stuff welcome to the human predator pack mule podcast I'm your host Todd Bumgardner, I'm a strength and conditioning coach, I'm a writer, and I'm an outdoors person just like you, and I created this show to help you be more successful in the outdoors, both by training your body to handle the rigors of each hunt and to do it over the long haul, and to introduce you to some great guests they are going to teach you some skills and tell you some great stories. Again, I'm Todd Bumgardner, and this is the Human Predator Pack Meal Podcast. So I got my sleepy time tea. I got my buddy Jordan <laughs> I'm all, it's listen what time is it right now? it's uh nine twenty three on the east Coast, and I am halfway to being a curmudgeonly old man, and I'm actually more like three quarters in spirit but half in age. so uh, I got sleep time tea. I got my buddy Jordan, and we're gonna talk about Jordan's mule deer hunt.
1: Hi, Jordan. Hey Todd. Thanks for inviting me to your super cool podcast with your fancy intro with yeah
0: no I I entered a contest for best intro and I got 32nd place out of 34 so I didn't get the worst but uh you know you're getting you're not getting top notch but you're getting pretty good so anyway no man uh, thanks for coming I just wanted to I want to shoot the shit with you about your mule deer hunt and then I was like well since I'm gonna talk with Jordan about his mule deer hunt why don't we just record it cool yeah you, I guess, uh, I mean, give people the fancy, the fancy intro on Jordan Wilcher. Ooh, you know what I mean? Uh, Lay it down. Yeah.
1: There's no fancy intro for me, I don't think. Uh, I'm 32. I live in Nevada. Not Nevada. Nevada.
0: Is that how you say it? Nevada? Okay, yeah. good. So I say it right.
1: Yeah, like if you just pictured somebody like on a porch yelling, how you would say it. You know. <laughs> um, I've lived here for my whole life. Um, I, uh, I got interested in hunting when I was really young, but I don't come from a hunting family. So I kind of uh, learned the hard way uh, a little bit, but I've had a lot of really good friends and people that are a lot smarter than I am help me. Um, I want
0: to hear about that because you're the second one of my buddies recently that has said that uh, you don't come from a hunting family, but you got interested young and you started doing it. What happened there?
1: I don't know. Um, My parents are awesome. They're super supportive of whatever. And now, I mean, they probably want to arrest me now, you know, the kid I was, But my parents were really cool, but I remember I still have it. I have this like hunting dogs from around the world book. I got it when I was probably eight and that's about when I started fly fishing and that was a little more accessible for me. You know, your parents can take you to wherever. Sure. To fish, but Always wanted to hunt. I remember getting those huge Cabela's catalogs, you know, when they would put out two a year, like spring and fall, and it had a million items in it um, and just obsessing over all of that stuff um my parents were cool with it they you know i put a 22 on layaway at big 5 <laughs> my dad That's like awesome man down there um so i just got just i don't, i don't i have no idea why i didn't have any real influence um like i had an uncle that took me shooting one time i think but he wasn't really a hunter or anything it's just something I always want to do. So as you get older and you can drive all these things, it gets more accessible, but you still have the growing pains of, you know, your, your dad didn't show you how to field sure. dress a deer or, or whatever. Um, so it's kind of, kind of interesting, but I, I couldn't tell you why. And there wasn't, I didn't watch hunting shows or it was all yeah. books, magazines, you know, that was my that's
0: super cool though because you know all of my buddies from back home it's it's just what we did growing up like everybody hunted you know what i mean so it's like to hear that you just got and you don't even know how it's it's just super interesting to me because we just i mean everybody like you fall in and out of favor and then it just ends up like almost being a cultural thing for a lot of people where it's just like you just go to deer camp for the two weeks deer camp and you don't really hunt but for someone to be excited about it and get drawn into it and not remember exactly what did it I think that's that's super cool for one because it's like for me when I as soon as I could walk my dad just started taking me hunting so it's like there's this very ingrained thing that comes from a very specific source whereas you're just like no this is just cool and I want to go see what this is like so I like that even more honestly
1: yeah it's it's kind of interesting because you know not not growing up doing it you Oh man, I wish you know I had all those things deer sure. camp or whatever um, and because you didn't just it wasn't that casual you know you can't imagine it being that casual um it was just this huge momentous thing you know once i can once I can drive or once i can buy <laughs> buy ammo by myself or whatever sure. you know it's kind of a <clears throat> just an interesting thing I guess but it, it's good because I mean you wouldn't keep doing it because that's just harder I guess it's less accessible I mean if it's not to
0: for sure but you also don't like have a you don't have a bunch of bullshit to unlearn so all of us that like there so, so don't get me wrong you learn a bunch from growing up with people and hunting and stuff and there's things that you know that I I didn't hunt for probably like a decade and then I came back and I started hunting again and it all came back to me but I had to relearn things but then you realize so much of the stuff that that you learned when you were a kid was just like folk wisdom or just some horse shit that that's not really true yeah. you know or so it's just you didn't have to unlearn a bunch of shit either which is kind of good too you know so
1: yeah it's <clears throat> i think when you're when you're young there's things you readily accept as being truth right. and so i can see how that you're like no this this is how we do it and then you grow up you're like that is that is definitely not how you nope.
0: do it you don't have to do it that way at <laughs> all you know so but that's that's cool man I, I love that I love sorry I interrupted you but I want to hear that part of the story so
1: yeah. no that's uh <clears throat> so yeah and then uh you know fast forward uh you know I got a married got a kid she's gonna be three in November um and Nevada's a draw only state so I've the only i just messed around with like california over the counter last year but i'm not uh you know i i don't go everywhere and hunt or, or anything like that. It's kind of last year i didn't draw a tag and it's like well try this over the counter thing and it's pretty tough but um you know most most everything i do is just here
0: so what are, um, what's the, what are the odds that you'll draw? Specific, is it pretty tough to get tags in Nevada and you just don't know what you're going to get? Or, like, how does it work? To some extent,
1: yeah. I mean, the simplified way of, you know, Nevada is a, it's a, it's a random lottery draw. So there's not, like, minimum preference points to enter or something. Like in some states where you have to have, you know, minimum three points to be able to draw this tag. Sure. Um but your, your odds really depend on kind of what happens that year. You can look at the year before and look at the draw odds for a certain uh, unit with a certain weapon or whatever. There are certain tags you could draw every year for archery. There's, you know, like two two units, one or two, depending, but you could draw them every year if you wanted to archery hunt them. Um, but other than that, it's kind of luck of the – literally luck of the draw um with things like you know bull elk sheep mountain goat um you know a lot of people only draw those even bowls I mean once I, I know a couple people that have drawn twice but um the more the more points you have which is years you put in just like any other state sure. um basically the more times your name goes into the hat in a, that's a very simplified way of how it works. Um, but anybody could draw, you could put in as a non-resident your first year for a sheep tag and you could draw one. It's not impossible. So, um, you know, the, the units where people kill really big stuff, things like that, they're more sought after, more people put in for them. Sure, they're, sure. they're harder to draw. Um, typically. So, um, yeah, you kind of, uh, exciting part of the summer, you know, you put in, you wait to see, and you get that text message that your bank account's been hit by the Department <laughs> of Wildlife, and you have a little <laughs> rally session and try to go back to sleep. And, uh, that's part of the fun, though. I mean, I, I think I like that, it.
0: That is cool. I, I the first, don't draw. the first time when I applied in Wyoming, I didn't know, I don't know if they still do this. But the first time I they they as soon as you apply for the tag, they take the money out. Because they probably put it in some kind of account, and draw the interest, and then they they refund you if you don't draw. But I saw that they took the money out and I was like, Holy shit, I drew how did I draw this tag? But it was just them taking the money first. So Yeah.
1: California does that too. Do that. Yeah. And I I know some states, I think they changed. I could be wrong, but I think there's a lot of credit card fees involved when they do it that way. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, I can't remember. and I I could totally be wrong, but I feel like a state had recently, might have been Colorado. I'm not totally up on all that stuff, but um, part of that, some people complain because that keeps people from um, putting in, basically. You know, if you're like, well gonna me, $2,000 to put in for all this stuff, kind of a barrier to entry. So some people like that, some don't, but here, yeah, you pay basically a non-refundable um, fee <clears throat> to put in because then you still get your, your bonus point. And then if you draw, then you pay for your tag fee, whatever that might be. Um, gotcha. And then they send it to you in the mail and you go hunting.
0: There you go. I mean, cause I'll be honest with you. If, if, I didn't know Wyoming was taking that up front. I probably wouldn't have put in for the tag that I put in for. True. Dude, it was expensive. I was like, oh, well, cool. If I, I get it, I'll make sure I have the money by then. But they, fucking, they hit me right away. I was like, oh, man.
1: Sneak attack.
0: And then you find out that you didn't get it, and life is different after that. But
1: then You're eviscerated, yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. That was me last year. I woke up. My friends are like, oh, oh, you know, at two in the morning. I'm like, you didn't get it still waiting wait so how many things
0: so so i know i know you drew you drew a a mule deer muzzleloader tag this year yeah a cow elk tag so how when you're looking at your year in nevada how do you figure out what you're going to apply for and, and all of that kind of stuff how do you go about that and how many tags do you try to get like what's your what's your plan
1: yeah that i mean you you could draw too many tags i've had friends i'm not that lucky um, you can turn a tag back in, so I you can turn back in, you keep your points, yeah, depending on, right, if you draw like a, you know, bull elk tag and a, and, you know, some antelope, you know, doe tag, you know, oh, take this back, right? right, right. Um, so, but yeah, you got to look at the season dates, obviously, because, um, you know, for instance, even my, my mule deer tag um muzzleloader season is long it's a month long and it would technically overlap with my um cow elk season I really wanted to get my deer um my wife really wants me to shoot an elk of course she just likes to eat that better um but yeah I mean you, you could get yourself into a pickle where you have you know tags that overlap season so you just have to pay attention and um you know try to try to make it all work so in my case it, it worked good um you know basically my um mule deer tag would have gone from september 10th to october 4th and then the cow tag would go from september 25th to october 4th um so completely overlap um so you just
0: you get two weeks for this cow season
1: yeah i'm gonna hunt for like five days i think yeah um then i've never been there so bad don't know what to expect really but i know i'll probably see a lot of things that i want to shoot that i don't have a tag for uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of big bulls and deer that come out of that unit um and that's part of the reason too just one day i get super lucky and draw that tag you know at least i've
0: you know the lay of the land
1: Set my feet in there a little bit
0: it's also cool to just see shit man it's just oh, yeah. it, it's just cool you know the the uh, the ranch that I'm going to hunt cow elk in in Whoa. Wyoming next month. There's sheep. There's all kinds of cool stuff there. So it's just getting to see cool stuff is cool too. But I always uh, it's always curious to see you guys in the out west. And man, I gotta. I hope I get this tag. I hope I get that. Man, I buy a license. Seriously, I'd have to just buy a, a license. And I'll just go with this in the state of Virginia. I can kill six deer. And then in the county that I live in, I can kill as many deer as I want. I can literally hunt deer from September 1st until April, the end of April until the next, of the next year. Just, yeah. yeah. I hate you. Yeah. No, it's, I'm, I'm absolutely rubbing that in. That's what's happening right now, yeah. but no, it's just, but it's, I mean, it's different. It's, it's totally different, but.
1: still cool though. I mean, I've never hunted deer out of a tree stand or, you know, that's something I want to do. Um, but, you know, it's just, just different. It's a, cool it's a challenge.
0: It is. It's, it's, uh, sitting still for that long is tough. It's very tough, man. <laughs> it is, but it's, I mean, it's like one of those things. It was interesting. Every time, every time I see a whitetail coming through the woods and I'm sitting in a tree stand, I get the shakes it didn't happen to me when I was younger, but since I've been an adult, I see one and I like, I start to see it coming in. I started to get, I could have no intention of shooting that thing. But even when I killed my bull caribou in Alaska this year, I didn't get the shakes. I didn't get anything. It was just, it's just a, a totally different experience. Cause it's like all of a sudden something's there. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I I can see that. I think um, the anticipation of, of things like that, it, kind of building is uh probably could be a l- pretty intense. Um, especially when obviously you're close, right? You're not seeing these things through glass. Usually it's like naked eye and better hold still and be quiet and hope the wind is good. And
0: that's it. You wind is good and you just can't make any noise and you have to sit still because <clears throat> that's really the game. That's that is the entire game. And be in the right spot, which is just doing your due diligence with your scouting but it is really just sitting it's still it is it is it is it is i will i'll be honest there's one farm that i hunt that it doesn't take a lot of effort to scout but i just got some new mountain ground and it's like i really have to start trying to figure it out so i'm excited to do that this fall but um enough about me let's talk about you i want to talk about your mule deer muzzleloader hunt and i want to go back to <clears throat> as much as possible without giving away any of your your trade secrets of location and, and things like that whatever whatever you you can't share i obviously i don't want anybody to ever give up their their, their spots oh, but yeah. i would love to hear about you know how you picked the unit what happened the whole kind of shebang and how yeah. it culminated and you killed a nice buck let's let's spoiler alert but i want to um want to talk about it all
1: yeah so um part of that goes back to looking at those draw odds. Muzzle loader tags can be a little bit easier to draw than definitely than a rifle tag, and obviously you have the possibility of a higher success rate than an archery tag right so i 've never this is my first muzzle loader experience i 've never done it I just looked at it seemed like a good idea on paper on everything that I saw. Um, my plan was to try to pick a unit that was not really close to town because all of those units are really hard to draw. Some of them I just like don't even put in for. They have good deer, but they're just hard to draw. So I looked at some other units, um, even with low density, low success rates, but um, you know, something I could definitely drive to and scout in a day, because like we were talking about earlier, there's some units you can drive, takes you seven hours to get there, right? You're not waking up really early and, and scouting that. So. Um, I picked a couple units that were kind of similar to that. Um, and then ended up drawing, um, geez, was it my second or third choice? I got pretty lucky. I drew high on the list, um, of what I wanted because you get five choices in Nevada. Okay. Um, so that happened Drew the tag, um, started scouting in July, and my unit's actually pretty, pretty big. Um, and I started scouting one area of it. And hmm. yeah, There's Quinn. <laughs> and and um, I had a horrible time. Scout, we scouted for like, one of my friends, I should caveat, knows this unit pretty well. He knows every unit well. He's one of those guys. He's hunted everywhere, done everything. Um, so we scouted, I scouted with him and um, just, it was miserable. We scouted for an entire day, like the entire day without seeing a single buck. I mean, like saw a spike, tiny, porky does, not a single buck, just horrible. Um, and he said, well, I said, I kind of want to check out this mountain range, which is in a total opposite end of the unit. I knew this range a little bit better from chucker hunting. Um, and he said, man, check, check this spot out. You know, I've seen deer in there do this. So I started scouting it in August. Um, by then, I think the first time I was in there was right at the beginning of August and found, found deer. Um, and, you know, you got to wake up at 2am and hike in the dark. And then, uh, you know, really it's just that prime time gray light trying to catch deer moving around because they're just hard to see. Um, and found deer that day in a spot that I went oh man if if I if I can find a deer here in a month I could have a really good chance at killing them because some spots depending on how the wind is and the thermals are and stuff you could find a deer there every day but might not be in a spot you can you can kill them Um, so I kept kept going back there scouting that was my Pretty much all of my wrecking hikes for your program is just scouting. Um, and then uh, kept seeing deer in there. And then the, the big question is, once they're hard horned, are they going to still be doing their summertime thing or their wintertime thing? So um, that was the big question. you know. I drew the tag, did the scouting, had some not so great scouting missions, and then kind of got my game plan together from there. Um, And then from there specifically how I was going to glass and hunt because it's really a pretty small drainage that I found these deer in. I mean you you could hike it would take you a long time but as far as what you can see kind of just this one crescent-shaped basin um, that's sort of it and then uh, you kind of like drop off the end of the earth into the flat and that was, that was when I really started to think about getting my game plan together, um, for actually getting in there and killing a deer. So you want me to talk about the actual hunt? Or oh just...
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I remember, I do. Absolutely. I remember hearing Well, you sent me some pictures of that, that, that scouting mission where you actually started
1: to see deer. And I was like,
0: that's all right. That looks, that's like that could okay. of work. You know, you can make something happen there
1: yeah so i found one deer in there that was pretty good and i didn't get good enough pictures of him to find out if that was a deer i killed or not
0: Uh, Oh, that would be neat right that would be really super neat
1: yeah i mean you can do it especially on a deer like him he has that little he's got a one little you know mr crab front claw (laughs)
0: which
1: is is cool but you could you could pick him out so easy just like that you know um And then even the other bucks that were in there, there was this group of three bucks. There was one good four by four, you know, decent four by four. And then there was these two just dinky fork and horns. And they were always together. Every time I saw them, they were together. And um, I had the same thing. You could pick them out, you know, you find one and you're going to find the other two, 20 yards from them. And they were in various spots all over this um, you know, basically the side of this basin. Um, so I knew there was at least one pretty sweet deer in there. Um, he was really far away. I didn't have a phone scope. My picture sucked, whatever. <laughs> um, but you know, they're there. It wasn't like I just saw pork and horns. Sure. Um, so then <clears throat> the tricky part about this was everything you've ever read in every mule deer book, these deer were not doing great Um, yeah super cool um basically in the morning they would beat up a west slope i don't know when they would get in there if they'd get in there at night whatever i could never pick them up coming from any direction i'm now glassing i was getting in my glassing spot like dark dark right sitting there until the light was coming up and trying to find deer and i could i don't know where they're coming from they would literally feed up this west slope and as the sun hit the top of the ridge and was about to, you know, basically cross over, they were like marching to the sun to meet it. Um, And then they would go bed in this area that you just really couldn't see unless you were in there. Hmm. And this being kind of a small area, there was no way I was going to, you know, with all my stink and loudness, just cruise in there. So I didn't really have a good idea of where they're bedding. I just knew where they're feeding in the morning. Then the problem with that is um, the thermals are all coming downhill in the morning, right? So you can't just get on top and glass them. You have to, there's this kind of side Ridge that communicated with this basin and the higher you got, the closer it got to the actual basin where they were. Um, And so it was kind of, that's the biggest thing I am mulled over in my head is, you know, I need to figure out kind of the elevation these deer are feeding because my best chance to kill one of these is going to be like in the morning and I need to be on this roughly the same level as them to make a move that morning quick. I they they can't be a mile up the Canyon, you know, it's going to just take me too long to get there. So, sure. um, that's what I did. I had some mishaps in between there. Um, my truck, I did all sorts of cool stuff to my truck, as you know, during uh, getting it all beefed up. And then I'm like, nah, change the spark plugs, you know. And I had put suspension, rear end, all sorts of stuff in there. Spark plug, easy job, like do with my kid. Hmm. Well, the last person stripped one of the plugs. I couldn't get it fixed in time, so I drove my, uh, my dad's SUV, which is the soccer mom car, slept in the back of that. Perfect. I'm like, you know, if I can just get there. And then if I can get there and there's nobody there. And then all of these things, right? So I end up getting there in the soccer mom car, hike up to my glassing spot, and there was this kind of cool little cutout cave. So we had stuff behind you. And um I'm picking up deer in the morning, kind of on the elevation that I'm at, which is awesome. Um because if they're way up higher, or way on the other side. I just really didn't know how that would have played out. Um, so I see, I don't see a bigger deer. I see the one like okay, um, four by four. I'm like, well, he's in a spot I could definitely kill him. And this series of um, the mountain range runs north south, right? So it's a w- west face. And then it has all these um, fingers that run east west, kind of coming down it, but they're very. Um, very subtle right so it's almost just rolling as you as you look across it um, and like I said it kind of sweeps in a crescent shape around um, down further to the to the south basically as you go so I'm cruising and then I always am worried um, you know you see one deer whatever you're locked in there and then you bust a deer on your oh, way really nice. yep those deer so I glass the line that I'm gonna take pretty good before I go and I'm trying quick to pick up any other deer that I can you know on the way there and I don't see anything right like, all right well and I kind of sat there I said oh I'm gonna go and then I stopped and I said well I'm just I'm just gonna wait a little bit more and just see and it's probably like I don't know 6 30 at this time and I'm um, like but a I watched him feed for till about like eight o'clock on one day. So I could have a little bit of time. I waited and then I just thought nah. And the one buck, I watched him kind of pace off and I thought, all right, I'm just going to wait. And then he paced back and he went and started feeding again, in the same spot, So all right, I'm going to go. So I hike up this ridge to where it kind of communicates to the basin that they're in. But I dropped down a little bit lower to try to stay on the same level and keep my wind good. Um, and as the wind blows, kind of boogie, um, the wind dies down, move a little slower. But the whole time, um, I'm just glassing. Every, take a few steps, just glass. And my whole line there, these deer were in, not in line of sight, but just there's somebody else cruising around because I had seen them feeding in these kind of terraced um, spots where there's a seep and there's super good feed. So. I'm going, I'm going. And with these little undulations and these fingers, I'm going over, I'm glassing and I, and I just see, I get a patch of a white face and antler on one side and I'm like, well, okay. Somebody's, somebody's moved into that spot to feed. Um, so I get down, I get a better look and, um, it's much bigger buck than the one that I'm on my way to shoot.
0: Sure. Um,
1: I don't know, like I said, I don't know if he's that bigger deer that I saw. Um, and I could just see part of his face and part of his horns and he'd feed. And so I'm just watching him through my binoculars and, um, and just waiting and waiting and waiting. And I range him, I range him twice and I get like 177. And um, in Nevada, you have to shoot muzzleloader open sights, right, no scopes or anything. So where you hold on that Animal um, target, whatever is pretty crucial, right? Sure, uh, so I wait and um, he kind of feeds down and gets about broadside to me. Like, All right, well, here we go, you know, 177. So I go up, hold the top of his back, and um, I shoot and I hit him high and I hit him a little bit back, which was my fault. I'm like, how did I hit him high? And I'm so confused, you know, whatever. I range the spot again where he's at really quick and I get 122. I'm like, oops. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of hard to estimate range when you, for me anyway, when I, you, you have that kind of terrain where it's like almost looks flat, but you, you have these little rollers and it's kind of, kind of hard to, to estimate. So, um, anyway, I see him. He's hit, you know, probably in the liver and not going to survive. But there's this big, terrible aspen patch and all this stuff. And I wait for him to go over this next ridge. Um, He's actually sat down on the top of the ridge. So I knew he's pretty sick. Um, And then um, as he moseyed over that, and he had no idea what happened, right? I mean, he took off after he got shot and was just kind of looking around. And he had no idea I was there even after I shot him and so i wait for him to go down there and um it's always funny because you think you know am i gonna first you're kind of okay and then it's like well pal it's time to get your stuff together because i don't want this to turn into a you know four more hours of looking for this deer so i literally reload my muzzle loader um and as soon as he drops over that and he's out of sight i buzz down there, especially if he gets below me because he's going to smell me. So I literally run through there um, and I knew exactly where he was. I pop over the ridge. Um, he sees me, I see him, he's like 60 yards away and he's quartering away, running down. He can't run uphill at this point. He, so he's running downhill hard. Um, and then I, my second shot, I shot him on the run um, and just lethal. 250 grains of copper mm. uh, I've never shot a deer with a muzzle loader before like we were talking about but yeah I mean just like he got struck by lightning really <laughs> yeah so that was that um, and pretty cool I had cert really oddly I had service here so I got to send my uh, my girls at a little video I was like hey dad did it that's you know? awesome man um, got him got down to him, you know, kind of like, wow. So it's, it's eight o'clock at this point or seven, seven fifty, something like that. Sure. Uh, that it's all like not done. It was far from done, but right. I take like two crappy pictures. <laughs> you know? Um, and, um, then I get them all broken down and everything. Um, and it's still warm, you know, it's in the nineties here. Oh really? yeah so um and this being a west facing slope this just gets nuked by the sun all day long being so awesome. that shadow is starting to slide down down the mountain um so i take my time and get him broken down and everything um but like well i'm going to do this in one trip because i really don't want to leave this up here there's not like a great spot to there's no trees no you can't hang anything it's gonna be on the ground no shade i mean it's just the surface of the sun yeah so like well it's gonna be one trip and it's just gonna suck so um got them all loaded up and packed them out it was um it was just over three miles i think and it's all dg so it's um you know broken down little bits of granite real slidey no trail or anything there's no foot trail here um and it's literally all downhill the entire thing Jesus. Um, so <laughs> yeah so i every uh perfectly tall flat rock that i could find take a little take a little break sit down <laughs> yeah, you know that appreciate. was my that was my cue. I was walking toward, you know, just looking for a good, a good rock to sit on, so I didn't have to take my pack off because that just makes it. I think it it just it worse, man. You take your pack off, and it's like that book. If you if you give a moose a muffin, or if you give a mouse a cookie, if uh, they're kids' books, but you know, it's like, well, if I'm gonna take my pack off, I'm gonna take my boots off, and right, if I take right, my boots right. off, I need a snack, and so I just wanted to get them down, so um did that you know got him down the hill um got him to the soccer mom wagon <laughs> and, uh, got him loaded up in in uh in the coolers and i was home you know before dinner that that day so opening day rep and all that stuff you know just for the kind of what seems like a flash
0: is that so i'm sure you're in no way disappointed but like no, no way disappointed but are you ever like man i I didn't get to hunt for very long. Or are you just like, know what? I went out and did my business. I did what I had to do. That's it.
1: Yeah. For, for this tag, my goal was to go out and try to fill this tag as fast as I could because I did not want to have with, with elk hunt, I'm going for five days. Unless for some, even if we have a few cow elk tags and even if we fill them all, it's going to take a while to pack. I'm like, I'm going to be there for the duration of that sure. time. Um, And I did not want the dilemma of I I really wanted to fill a deer tag in this spot. And um, I didn't want the dilemma of choosing. So that was my ideal scenario. I mean, to kill one fast, let alone on opening day, that just seemed like a, you know,
0: it's a gift man.
1: Impossible. Yeah. Total (laughs) gift from the universe. You know, that when I saw what I failed to mention in my story is the first buck I saw in the spot where I said if there's a buck there I can kill him there that's that's where I shot my deer was in that exact spot yeah
0: that's awesome
1: and part of you you know you just like want a deer to be there so bad and I think that's part of the reason why as I was going um, I was checking probably more diligently than I would have normally Um, you know like a couple yards and look a couple and I have I have no idea where this deer came from. I clearly missed him in the morning, but all of these spots I checked 10 times, 20 times, you sure. know, um, and he just wound up in there. I don't know if he came up out of the bottom. I, I have no idea. Um, the way that the ridges were, you kind of had to pick your poison of there's a elevation where you could sort of see most everything. Um, but the way the terrain was, only way to see everything was if you're pretty low um and being pretty low you weren't in a good spot to actually kill something you could see sure. him but you, you weren't gonna you're get up and in, in an hour yeah um, so uh I, I was happy i was i was beyond happy you know just to well when it goes like you planned and i mean nothing ever goes like i planned so
0: no it's rare it's <laughs> it's rare, dude. It's rare. But the so you used like so did you have did you buy a muzzle loader for this? Did you borrow one? Like did I you I borrowed
1: I borrowed one. I have good friends. Um yeah. I have uh like I said, I, I I owe my friend one friend knew the area really well and put me in this spot. I mean, totally, totally owe him. Um and then two other buddies are real well, three actually are really into muzzle loaders. Um and you know, loaned me a muzzle loader, helped me with everything. I mean, just all sorts of stuff. So That's cool. yeah, just went with my loaner muzzle loader and <laughs> That's I awesome. You have to give it back. But, you know
0: <laughs> I was gonna ask you because I know you do I know you do load development for your rifles and stuff. So I was like I didn't know if you went through that whole process with your with this muzzle loader, if you bought one or if you just like somebody was like, Here you go, this'll work.
1: I, I knew better um, with yeah with rifles you can go down a, a wormhole you know and so it was kind of like here's this this shoots good and I said okay perfect and that was it that was you know I went and shot and everything but um I didn't tinker with too much of trying to reinvent the wheel you know that's good
0: that's easy to do man It's us see that's why like I got you do, you've talked you've I think you've talked to my buddy Brett before and oh, yeah. he he will just soar down those wormholes like he won't even touch the sides and just keep going because he loves to tinker and when i bought that new 30-06 last year and we got to a round that was like pretty good i was like that's the one that's the one we'll go with that we don't need to do any more of this let's go stop let's here go, let's go hunt you know so yeah it's just it's a fine line you got to walk sometimes though
1: i'm terrible at walking it i am a Total tinkerer. I tinker with everything, right? If if I can do it myself, I want to. If there's, you know, you can reload, you tie your own flies, you can fix your own stuff. I want to do all that, but I knew with this, there's growing pains with everything, and I've done enough of those things to know that I don't want to go through sure. <laughs> any growing pains. I want to focus my energy into finding deer and not so much into the shooting and Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I think that's really the biggest part. I think gear and all that stuff is cool and I like messing with it, but it doesn't, it doesn't make it happen for you, I guess, you know, you gotta, you gotta spend the time to, to figure stuff out. And that's, I, that's the only reason I killed that, that deer is just because I had been there, um, you know, and knowing sort of where they were going to be, um, lucky that they, just happened that one popped up and right where I wanted him to, you know. But sometimes you get lucky.
0: Yeah, but I'd take it every day of the week. Every day of the week. That's awesome, man. Uh, so the cow elk, you're getting ready for that. You leave soon. You leave this Thursday. week.
1: Thursday, yeah, two
0: days. That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Three,
0: mm-hmm. And this is rougher terrain. What's it like?
1: I don't really know. I haven't been there. Um, At all. I know the surrounding area where a lot of things get killed. It's a lot of it's pretty flat, but okay. we have um, tags in the wilderness area. And um, there's, I mean, there's some steep, nasty stuff in there. Um, I don't know exactly where I'm going to be hunting in there. Um, trying to obviously find some elk first and that'll kind of, there should still be hopefully screaming and, being all rowdy and make them a little easier to find um but you could kill them in there in the flats you, apparently you can kill them in there in horrible nasty you know jungle type terrain and that's probably where I'll end up killing an elk <laughs> it the worst place you could do it so um but uh I feel good I don't feel like I'm I don't feel like I've just, I mean, it's been September 10th when I killed my deer. So I've had some, had some time, you know, all sure. days now, but I don't feel all broke down.
0: <laughs> like, That's important.
1: It's super important. Cause if you've ever done something stupid and packed something too heavy or, um, I mean, sometimes people injure themselves like permanently doing stuff like that. But I mean, I've, I've gone on hunts before where I've didn't feel good for like two weeks <laughs> so um I felt uh I felt like shit for two days not in a any one you know like oh my back's killing me or um but just you know like I don't I don't even know what it's called I should know but um you get like the comedowns you're just like sweaty oh, yeah. And like you get the chills and then you're okay and then you're tired and you know, after really hard physical exertion, I'll I'll get that like really hard. Um but really for like a day and then the second day I felt okay and after that, like psh, nothing, like I had no no big grievance really.
0: That's awesome. I mean it's a lot of accumulated stress in a in a very short amount of time. You know what oh. I mean? Like
1: Terrible.
0: in every, in every kind of way, like you're, your sleeping patterns are all messed up. You're sleeping in the back of a car, no matter what you're walking, however many miles you don't eat or drink enough, no matter what you tell yourself that you're going to do, you just um. don't do it. And then, you know, there's the, the excitement and stress of killing something. And then, you know, and that's one of the things with like, you know, when I started thinking about more consciously putting together programs for hunters, like, what does everybody think about? They think about the hike in and they think about the hike out, but skinning an animal on the ground is fucking miserable. And there's so many people that are just like, Oh man, every time I do that, like my back gets all jacked up or I do this or I do that. It's like, so the, it's like, you got to train for that shit too. Cause it takes a little bit of time and it sucks. You know what I mean? And that is a stressful piece of it too. So it's like all of this stuff in a very short amount of time, you're going to feel like Dick for a while.
1: Yeah. And and I think too, it goes into, um, with doing that kind of stuff where, you know, like I'm in this position or I'm in this position and like you're talking about, I'm going to be on the ground for a while, whatever. It's like, drag your deer down the hill 10 feet. To a oh, bed. sure. You know? Yeah. And then you're like, cause, cause I know I'm like, Hey, if I'm in this position for a long time, I'm going to feel like shit. And the reason I know that is because I've spent some time in this position, you know, yeah. or I've crawled, I've you know, crawled around or done done these things and um I know this is not like this is not a good spot I want to be. And I literally had that thought. I was like, oh, I was gonna start breaking them down. I'm like you you idiot, like pull them down, perfect little bench, get him flat, you know, there's a little elevation drop. I could kind of be kneeling for part of it pretty upright. It's like, you know, worked worked really well. And I think um I don't when I don't remember when I, when I started doing your programming.
0: Oh, June, June or May or June, somewhere in there. Yeah. Something like that.
1: Yeah. Cause I think it was about four months, Yep. four months or so. Yeah. Um, that I, that I started up with you and I was kind of full. Yeah. I mean, I told, I was like, I'm doing good with what I'm doing. I, you know, I trained, at my house all year round i just always have but um did i will be so fucking glad when i just get a break from that assault bike oh um <laughs> once i finish those those, those sprints I yeah. like, like <sighs> all right Dude,
0: i get it i get it i i understand it's not like that's the thing that you know my my business partner Chris you know he watched me do my whole train up for Alaska I start I I love to train and I like you know, I train all year round I just enjoy doing it and I'll do different stuff throughout the year just to kind of maintain some of the abilities that I want to maintain yeah. but when I obviously I didn't go hunt moose in Alaska this year cuz we couldn't go to the village that we were supposed to go to cuz of covid but um when I found out that like that was kind of the plan I started training and that was So my buddy Steve was like, we talked about that in December. And then so in January, I was like, let's party because I got nine months and I want to be ready. And so I just have done miserable shit for the past, you know, because I just went to Alaska. I got back. I'm going to Wyoming in a few weeks and I've just done miserable, miserable things over and over again. And my my business partner keeps looking at me. He's like, there's got to be a different way to do the things that you're doing. I was like, no, there isn't. You just, this is the stuff that I have to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, there might be a different way to do it, but it's all the same yeah. thing in the end. Like you, if yeah. your legs are on fire and your lungs are on fire, like, uh, you know, it's all kind of some same means to the end. And there's only so many ways you can do that stuff anyway, I think. But yeah, um, it really goes to show you though, because this is the first time for me I've, like you talked about a lot, and your your layered um, approach to things, Um I I know a lot of people wait to get in shape and they try to do this rush and for one that just that obviously does not work but the more time you give yourself and you really build that I mean the best way I can describe it is I I think everybody wants to think that they're going to be badass or superhuman or you know they're just going to conquer everything and my standpoint has always been like I just want to be able to hang in there you know I just need a little bit more gas in the tank and that's you kind of check in with yourself and like yeah I got a little more I got a little more gas in the tank and then the faster you can recover all these things you know you always have that little bit more gas in the tank and if you it, it all goes together you know if you've been showing up for however many months doing this stuff you know you're like oh i got to climb one more hill or I gotta do this or I gotta like and it's not like I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna just ram up this hill and make yeah. it my bitch it's like no i'm gonna climb up this hill it's this gonna suck my legs are gonna burn a little bit i'll stop at the top for a second i'll feel better i'll keep going
0: yeah just one more hill repeat
1: like just yep. repeat and that's,
0: that's the game i mean but that's the thing is like knowing that like there's a certain level of enjoyment that some of us get from from some level of misery too, or we just yeah. we just wouldn't do it. But I think there's it's almost I don't know if you've ever heard any of the things the uh, about like prisoners of war, right? Where the guys that broke were the ones who were like, "Well, we're gonna be home by Christmas, and I'm gonna be or I'm gonna be a badass, or I'm tough, or I'm this, or I'm that." And the guys that made it were like, "I have no fucking idea how long this is gonna go on for," and I just have to settle into this and it's just gonna suck because the thing is is like no matter what like if you you do my programs and you're gonna be ready and you're gonna go out and you're gonna do a good job but it's not gonna take the suck away you're not just gonna be some superman like you're it's going to suck you there's no no way around the suck
1: and you're not gonna be something i think people are there's different types of people i've always been like little guy not super strong i'm not really good at any one like I'm not a physical specimen right so I've always had to you got to kind of work for it and I, so I've never had that mindset of you know I'm going to go in there and dominate this or you sure. know it's, it's like always me getting dominated you know so that I think that's my you know my barnacle theory of just clinging to the ship for as long as I can I like that of, though kind of the and it just the longer it goes on it just it just makes more sense to to me anyway but th- the thing about stuff sucking <laughs> and it's kind of like I've gone through a lot of stuff wondering the whole time how I was going to get through the thing I was doing sure until it was over I didn't have like a okay I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this I'm just like oh, I don't know oh, 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 you know and just keep going to um you like run you like run the jewels i had an epiphany yeah, yeah well, i know you do um that that song uh, close your eyes and count to fuck yep oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that it. was like that that was like how do i get through this and that song came on i was like oh okay That's how. just keep that's going how. i just do that okay. i like
0: that though because you keep because you're like Man, I think sometimes when you approach stuff that's super hard and you just have too much of a rigid strategy, it it kind. Of, and it, I'm not saying it happened to it happens to everybody, but it breaks a little piece of you mentally when it doesn't go, your strategy doesn't oh. work. So totally. it's just like, just keep asking the question. And you just have, like you said, with sitting down, so you just have to get to the next rock. You don't have to get out. You just have to get to the next rock and then you just go oh. to the next rock. Because, you know, we didn't have any we didn't have any bad pack outs on the, on the tundra. We had one that was probably two miles and the tundra. I mean, you're not walking up a bunch. Like it's just like walking on high prairie, right? Except it's wet and there's tussocks. So it looks flat, but it's not flat, but it's not like you're going up and down ridges or anything like that, but it's miserable to walk on. Don't get me wrong. But the day that we did actually have a couple mile pack out, we had already walked. 12 miles you know we've done a fair amount of walking that day so by the end you know we're walking out my pack's not super heavy but it's just one of those things like well i just got to get to that tussock and then then i can quit or i'll get to that tussock and then i can quit and it's just you know but that's the game you got to play with yourself if you just like have this hard o strategy and you're super rigid like you just get your ass kicked because you just you don't have the mental flexibility to deal with what's going on
1: well yeah and i think knowing that game like you're saying knowing you can play that game with yourself um is huge, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, that's giant to break because that, that this whole hunt for me was all these little things, you know, like I said, like, I don't have a vehicle. Well, if I can borrow a vehicle, I can borrow a vehicle. I don't know if that vehicle can make it there. Hopefully it'll make it there. You know, it's just all <laughs> these little, little steps to the whole thing. And um, that that that's what we, we always, that's kind of just our household mentality is just, um, you know, a, a little bit all the time gets it done and it's kind of,
0: I like that a lot. It's
1: the same, same thing, you know, with, with a lot of this stuff. And, um, I just get, you know, I'm a curmudgeon, like you said, you're 75% curmudgeon. <laughs> I'm look at me. I mean, I have a mustache. <laughs> I have a small child. Like I am full tilt curmudgeon. You know I'm just and i just get so irritated with some of this stuff um you know that the, the you know it's like motivational i'm using air quotes um it's like you can't change your whole life experience and the type of person you are by like doing a workout program you know you're not like oh yeah well guess what i'm you know a natural born killer now and i've just totally changed it's like no it's not how it works. You, you want to be the best version of yourself and understand what you're good at, what you suck at and that anybody can do this stuff. If you just keep showing up, keep showing up that's uh, but it's, it's been super, it's been an awesome process. I mean, I can't thank you enough. You're training my wife too, which she's like, you know, pretty, pretty blown away too by um, same thing. You know, we've, we've tried all sorts of stuff. And, um, both of us came at this not to be a cheerleader, but, um, with a lot of skepticism, you know, cause me, like, I was like, I don't want to get weaker. I'm, I'm already weak. I, you know, it took me a long time to get this strong. Like, I, you know, screw you, Todd. Uh, and so both of us actually came to this kind of stuff with like really big skepticism, but we're both the, the same in that we can like, okay, give me the thing. I'll do it and I'll keep doing it. Um, and have just had super, super good results. But like I said, it's not like I'm some different person or anything like that. It's just, I kind of, you know, I packed up, I didn't even think about not being able to pack that deer out by myself in one shot, cause I knew in the back of my head that was something I was gonna have to do. Yeah. And I didn't think like, well, I, I don't know, can I do it? Or it's like, there was no, that wasn't a thought. Like, I know That's I can true. do this. Um but it's uh you know got to the bottom and was like okay all right you know get this stuff put in the cooler and cool you know go home and kind of just uh not like you're just you know ruined completely and entirely so it was nice because I've I've been ruined before like that and it sucks so for sure um, just uh you know i hope that your i don't know philosophy training philosophy grows or is more widely received because i think a lot of people could benefit not just from the training itself but the the whole deal you know
0: i appreciate that very much man thanks i'm glad i'm glad it helps i'm glad you were successful and i'm glad you had that experience because you know that's the thing that when i started sorting some of this stuff out you know I, I don't know if I've mentioned it to you, but I've mentioned it before. It's like, when I decided I was going to go start Western hunting, I was like, well, I went to look for someone that could help me. And, um, you know, cause I wanted to have a good experience. I wanted it to be about, you know, I want to be prepared. I like to prepare for things. It's just my personality, but, um, you know, I want to be ready, you know, because I live in the East. I don't have to really deal with that much elevation I mean, we have some tough terrain, but the, t- the style of hunting we do, it's not that difficult. So, you know, I went looking for it, and it just wasn't there. Because I, because I, me being someone that is an expert in that field, I can look at programs and be like, "Oh, that's fucking garbage. Like, that's not going to do anything." Yeah. And uh, so, but the whole thing comes back to like being able to have that experience. Because I, like, if you're if you're not fooling yourself, you know, there's going to be suck. But you want to be able to experience it in a way that you enjoy it, because you're going to go hunt, you're going to go do your thing. But it's about enjoying it, right? It's not about being It's not about being a hard ass. It's not about being a commando. It's like, I love to hunt. I I enjoy doing this. I enjoy providing food for my family in this way. And I just like doing it and it just to create the experience where you get out there. And I mean, being tough in and of itself goes a long way where you're like, you know, I can just kind of handle shit, but like knowing that you physically have built the raw materials to just go out and like, I'm going to be fine. This is going to suck. I don't really have to worry about anything. And to, to, to hear that that that's come to to full circle is really cool. So I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I told you too, and you kind of gave me shit in the beginning because I'm like, you're a Flatlander, man. Like, uh, I've lived <laughs> here my whole life, but, you know, and, and, and I did. And you're like, hey, like, I, I know what I'm doing. Like, either do it or don't, you know? And I was kind of, well, oh, fine, you know? Um, <laughs> mm. But I, yeah, <laughs> But, you know, I did, I, I wasn't like, oh my God, Todd is, you know, he's going to, this is going to sure. change everything. I mean, I I was very, probably overly skeptical, honestly. Um, you know, and I even asked you, I said, yeah, well, what's your experience hunting out West? And, you know, kind of, and you said, well, you know, and you were honest, which was one good, because if you would have bullshitted me, I would have said, no, sir. Sure, of course. Um because of, there's a lot of dishonesty in the whole that the world? whole space is combined <laughs> well <laughs> the whole world there's a lot of <laughs> dishonesty in the whole world yes um but the it, it's just one of those things that I just uh you know I I had a just super skeptical on a lot of the stuff um and Quinn was like my that's my wife um it was the same way and then I told you, she's like, ah, she doesn't know if she wants to keep doing it, whatever. And then she kind of like got over that whatever, uh, you know, kind of precipice of doubt that she was at. And today she's like, I like this, like (laughs) what I'm doing, this, this is my thing. And I said, well, yeah, but you couldn't have done that thing right off the bat, you know? Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's come full circle for all of us kind of at the same time, which is just pretty, pretty funny. Cause we're, we're obviously very active and have done all this stuff forever. And kind of an eye opener, like, man, there's so much nonsense out there. It is just painful.
0: It is, it is. And that's why you try to, you just try to do things the right way, no matter what. And It's just because it's like, you know, I think the difference is, and I'm not going to sit here. And, and I, first of all, I appreciate all of the all of what you just said, and I appreciate the skepticism and, and everything. And I, I had honestly no plans of even talking about this stuff, but since we're here, that I think the difference between me and some of the other things that, of, of the prep programs and people getting ready for hunting is like, this is my career. Like I, I train like for the.
1: I no, do for a living. No
0: matter, no matter what the. The the task is. I understand the fundamental principles. I understand physiology in a way. They're like, well, if this is the task, these are the things that we probably need to do. Yeah. And that's that's the difference. Where it's not like I'm just I'm not some fit guy that hunts and is good at marketing and takes my shirt off because I don't like taking my shirt off anymore. No, but, me uh, I'm a yeah, dad, you know? super. It's just not the same anymore. And uh, but yeah, that's the that's the thing, man. It's like it's just this is what I do. I could. It's just different. So,
1: no, it's, it's very different, but I think from the consumer end, that's hard for people to understand until they've done it.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, I've had friends that are, that have tried other things, other programs, you know, hunting specific, um, and most of them bomb out of it because they're just like, dude, this is so, and I've ran, i I showed you some, I've ran some super high intensity stuff from other people. Like I, I've done some just horrible intensity stuff for months on end. And, um, it's just so hard to, when consistency is uh, to me, I think the most important thing It is that is that, that is like shooting yourself in the foot right out of the gate. It's like, yeah. Hey, this is going to be terrible every single day. And you're going to be hot and you're going to like want to black out all these things. It's like, I, I'm not inspired to keep doing this, you no. know,
0: that that's, that's the thing. Oh, you, did you freeze? Or are you still there? Cause it looked right. like, you. Oh my God, it was amazing how still you just sat. It was incredible. Like you just were there. Um, Maybe I glitched. I don't know. Oh, it's the matrix, man. Um, yeah. Cause it's, that's the game. Consistency is the game and no matter what, like you have to be able to put people in the position to show up and it's like, but the problem is, is when people can't show up to something like that, when your whole scheme is based on being a badass, people completely start an start an internal dialogue where it's like, "Well, I just must be a big pussy and I can't do this because it's like, no, you're not. That thing that you're doing is fucking stupid, and that's not your fault. You know what I mean?" So totally,
1: it's and just, I mean that it's a hundred percent. It's almost like you get a one hundred eighty degree opposite outcome absolutely. than what it's designed for. I mean, it's Ooh. literally. And, and I know myself, like I can get through those things and I didn't feel like when I was doing that kind of stuff, I didn't feel like more of a bad, if anything, like you're saying, I was like, that sucked so bad. And it sucked the <laughs> whole time. And it was so hard for me not to just quit. And a lot of people, we talk about this a lot, not in, you know, um, obviously on, you've done some stuff on your podcast, but the whole mental toughness thing, all that, sure. and the things that like we're saying, the design, like, oh, this will make you tougher because of this or that. And I'm like that stuff just tears you down. Yep. You know, physically, psychologically. I've done it and I I don't get it. I don't I didn't feel any cooler after doing it. And, you know, I don't in general, I don't train to, you know, like look cool or anything like that. It's just to be able to do the stuff that I want to do. Um, and I, I like training like you but not as much as you obviously because I don't do it for a living but sure. um, it's just one of those things that just I, I really hope a lot of people just can get their hands on on that that philosophy and and consume it and find out it's really just not that hard to that's consistency is the whole thing in the whole fitness realm I mean it's just yep. but um, to do that and be given the tools to be consistent i think and then have a well thought out plan to where they have just a an outcome and they're hunting and they're not worried about all the other stuff you know and they're just there doing it can suck a little bit that's kind of it it's not like well i trained for this i'm gonna do this and yeah. i have a friend that's like that and you know he's like how many calories are you gonna eat a day and i was like fuck i don't i don't know like how how many peanut butter and jellies am I going to <laughs> Like, You're not going to eat that. That's not, and I was like, yeah, it will. Like, I, Watch I me.
0: I don't care, man.
1: Like I'll drink water. Like that, that's the most important one, but like Snickers, Oreo, like I don't care, dude, just calories are calories at that point to me. He's like, no, yep. Mm-hmm. But I just go enjoy it, you know, and not worry about, it. I know like, and especially after doing my deer hunt by myself, um, know you know, just like okay yeah I, I am supremely ready to go you know and that's not awesome. like i feel like super badass but i just you know it's like pretty good pretty good test run before an elk hunt. Sure. you know absolutely so i think uh you know i just got to figure out what i'm going to do after hunting season so <laughs> that's, <a> problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's always, the problem that's
0: always that i just i have to find something else to hunt that's what i do it's just there's i always got to find a season and just go do it man so that's it like as soon as as, like so for in september we usually hunt a lot of geese and they just haven't been cooperating this year so like fuck it i'll go hunt squirrels and that's i'll just hunt squirrels until archery starts in a couple weeks and then we'll do that and then ducks and geese and just something all year round man so whatever's in just just hunter
1: yeah, I'll start fishing. That's what I'll
0: probably do. Oh, speaking of that, I lost a bruiser of a rainbow trout the other day. I was so brokenhearted. And it was my own mistake. I there's it was my own mistake, but I was just like it was one of those ones where it was like you see it flash and you're like, Oh, oh. And then so I, I did a pretty good job playing it, but like an idiot, I didn't have a net. So I was trying to play it to my buddy who did have a net. And I just put too much tension and just snap. And I was like, it was very it was one of those days, man. Disheartening. It took me two hours. It literally took me two hours before I was
1: Dude, right. A the a fish coming undone is top three worst feelings, I think, in the world that I that I know. I'm sure there's yeah. worse feelings, but sure. like that just deflating, hey. just oh.
0: Cause we were right there. And I was like, this is, cause I, I haven't fished that much this year. I was like, Oh, this is, this is the nicest fish I've caught in the last two, 18 months. And I was just like, this is going to be so cool to see the sucker in the net and then snap. And I was like, I was like, I'm not going to be all right for a while. I'm just gonna be honest with you. So I'm going to bitch for probably the next two hours. So he's like, it's just myself. a, it's just a fish, man. And I was like, you would act the exact same way that I am acting right now. If it were you, don't give me that shit just brutal dude it's brutal so well hey man i probably i'll let you go i appreciate you thanks man thanks for talking to me about your mule deer hunting and all the stories and i appreciate it thanks buddy
1: yeah thanks man that's uh definitely a good a good chat so uh i think that's the first time i've got to really tell that story and you know i can't tell something. So she, you know, she's like, yeah, you got to do your shot. Uh, you're home. Cool. Um, so I, I appreciate that. And yeah, man. Uh, all the, uh, all the, you know, training and advice for the last few months and keep in touch with you after, after my elk hunt.
0: Yeah. I just want to see Win or lose. <laughs> I just want to see a picture of a, I just want to see a picture of you and a cow elk, man. That's all.
1: Yeah. We'll see. I'm I'm the ultimate uh, pessimist, so we'll see. That's,
0: that's all right. Think like a pessimist, but act like you're not one, I guess, is the Keep game. Keep going. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Thanks, dude.
1: All right, man. Have a good night.